You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. In the past three weeks, Uncle Daddy has been to London, Barcelona, Marbella, London again, Germany, Prague, Rosvodov, New York City, but today he is back in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. But don't worry, through the power of technology that has existed since the late 90s, me and my work wife are coming in your ear holes. He is James Hardigan. Thank you, Joseph. And yes, it is just the two of us from now on as i'm sure many of you saw on twitter matt's no longer working with us on the podcast or on the live streams and obviously we wish him well for the future uh, was that meant to be a sick brag joe about all the places you've been to or are you basically just saying how world weary you are either way i come off as a douche whether it's a brag or a complaint so i'm not really sure what it's supposed to be it's like one of those value bluffs i don't yeah. know what it's supposed to be coming up on today's show by the way i will miss matt dearly uh, best of luck, Matt. Coming up on today's show, WCOOP is in full swing. We'll have some notable news from that. Uh, we're only a few weeks out of Barcelona, and during that event, one Poker Stars Team Pro went on his deepest run ever in one of our major events. His name is Andre Akari. He is with us as today's guest. And of course, we mentioned last week, Andre has never been on the podcast until now. And I kind of feel he's been overlooked. He may well be the only member of Team PokerStars Pro who's never featured on this show. So it's about time as we rapidly approach episode 100. And we can talk to him about this too because he may be the, the biggest actual celebrity of all our Team Pros. From what I understand, he is huge in Brazil. So we'll talk to him later on about that. Uh, I had a stand-up comedy show in New York, which my parents attended. Awkward. And then I... Yeah, it was quite awkward. Then I had a one-year-old's birthday party. Uh, very bizarre experience there. I mean, that Today's... surely is tautology. A one-year-old's birthday party is, in essence, bizarre. So how okay, can it good. not be a bizarre experience? Good. I want to talk to you about this as a parent in just a few seconds. We're going to get to that. But yeah, I had some questions about a one-year-old's birthday party okay and today's <laughs> super fan is xander morgan aka xander biscuits and his specialty subject is the simpsons i was a pretty rabid simpsons 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 fan till i went to college i can honestly say probably since then i've only seen like a dozen episodes in the last wait i'm 43 how long has it been since i'm in the college let's just call it 20 years yeah i'm pretty much the same <laughs> i think kind of around late 90s early 2000s i kind of tuned out uh was it the same for you that it was for me that it was just it just kind of lost a step or two and then you kind of discovered there was an outside world also it it wasn't so much that it was the drop off in quality i just felt that the shows just weren't funny anymore I heard it, it made a comeback at a certain point, but they had lost me. I was like, well, I've missed 400 episodes at this point, so I'm moving on. Uh, speaking of TV, where are we at in Ozark? Talk to me about Ozark, buddy. I am five episodes in, and episode five, at that point, you really get a sense of the kind of show this is, and it's the kind of show I really like. So thank you for the recommendation. I did, however, take, take a brief break from it over the weekend. The reason I haven't progressed further than episode five is it was the start of the NFL season, and that means oh, there's God. games on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays, so that's going to take time out from watching drama on Netflix. That's unbelievable. Do you, do you care about all of the games that much? I thought you were just a Niners fan. Do you realize how bad the Niners are right now? I have to watch other teams as well <laughs> just to get my fix of good football. 
Well, do you also have to watch all those games for this this show you do with Moneymaker, where it looks like the two of you have been arrested <laughs> in the screenshot of every? What is that? It looks like two mug shots. It's like the these two criminals still at large for for robbing the 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 Bet Stars sports book of all. Is it Chris Money loser yet? By the way, this season oh, or well, not? The weird thing is, and obviously, remember last year we said, oh, we should do something with the fact that Moneymaker's doing these like sports betting tips because we thought, well. Surely this guy's can't. You know, this guy's advice is not to be heeded. The reality is. Let's keep is, track of it. Let's keep track of it. Well, and if he's a if he's a loser, we'll make fun of him on the air. Exactly. Well, we did keep track of it, and unfortunately, he was a winner. So we didn't mention it on the air because there is nothing to be gained from blowing smoke up Chris Moneymaker's ass. <laughs> it's only fun when we can mock the man. But no, he actually came up with some pretty solid tips last season. What they've decided to do this year is make it a bit more of a kind of. Um, like one of those American sports shows where you've got two people talking about a game, breaking it down, talking about what the key factors are, who the key players are, and I guess just trying to provide a little bit of advice to anyone thinking of betting on the game. That's the theory behind it. For me personally, it's nice to do something that's not just talking about poker. Oh, sh- oh shut up. Oh, so you've got a new Oh, you've got a new squeeze, huh? Your work wife isn't letting you put it in the butt, so you're going to go get that elsewhere, huh? Well, obviously, we created the podcast so that you and I had a channel to talk about TV and movies, and I could occasionally go off on a James <laughs> Bond rant. So I need to have some kind of other channel where I can talk about American football. Because the alternative is, I'm going to sit here and talk about NFL on this show, and I know you don't want that. It's not that I don't want it. I just ca- literally cannot participate. Like, I'll just be thrown out, like... Jeff Hostetler references. Uh, he was he was a quarterback like in the late nineties. So <laughs> I'm I'm glad you can get your fix elsewhere. But I don't care if we have an open relationship, James. It's fine with it's me. It's fine. But no, moneymaker, bless him, really knows his stuff. Obviously, puts his money where his mouth is. And here's an interesting stat for you. Guess where Chris Moneymaker is going to be on Tuesday, the twenty sixth of September. There's only one reason this could be relevant, and that would be at the Hippodrome Casino in London, England. Moneymaker is flying over for the podcast, dude. Oh, cool. That'll be fun. Now, I should point out that he's then going on to the Dublin Festival, so it's not like he's coming across the Atlantic just for us. But as soon as he found out that this show was a thing, he had his uh, schedule changed slightly so he could be there. Are we going to do? Are we going to have a guest who's won anything after 2003 or just... Uh... <laughs> We're still working on that. Okay, all right. Well, there we go. I guess you always announce the undercard first, right? <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Uh, I did not watch much more mar- mar- uh, much more Narcos, James, because I was in New York City, but I was very busy when I was there. So my parents have been a little under the weather. They've been a little stressed out, a little depressed, and I, as much as I don't need the ego boost, the only thing that really seems to cheer them up at this point is when I come home to visit. So uh, through some finagling through the kind people that we work for, I was able to change my fr- flight from L.A. back to New York, and I booked this stand-up show, um, and I said, why don't you guys come down to New York City for a couple days? We'll hang out. Uh, I'll do this show. You can come to my show. They wanted to come to the last one. I told them they couldn't. So I wrote this whole new uh, opening of my act to include my parents, but uh, what happened was I, I I had them stay in New Jersey, be closer to their granddaughter. I got this one-year-old niece. The birthday party was the weekend also. And so I was like, why don't you guys go stay in New Jersey, and I'll send you uh, an Uber to take you to the city. Then you guys can drink and not worry about to drive, and I'll send you back to New Jersey. Now, uh, I didn't use Uber. I used Lyft, actually. And you can schedule uh, a pickup. And it was right. all very stressful because my brother's mother-in-law also wanted to come. 
So I sent the lift to her house first, and then she was supposed to go get my parents after that. Well, she was supposed to get picked up at 6.30. The lift was 15 minutes away still at 6.30. Oh, that's bad. Yes. And so I had to cancel it. And I'm like trying to prepare for my show. And I'm like canceling it and setting up a new thing. Basically, I canceled it. But because I canceled it, the price wasn't locked in anymore. So there was this, it became this unreal surge pricing. Oh, no. So it cost me $174. Have you ever done a gig anywhere where you've not been out of pocket several hundred dollars in either getting people to the venue, giving them tickets <laughs> to get into the show, or buying them drinks for attending your show? Okay, well, James, in this particular case, I bought no one any drinks the entire night. Okay. A, a bunch of super fans came out. Jeffrey Ann Binder, who was a super fan of the show, came out before. A fellow named Jason, uh, another another couple came out. They all bought me drinks afterward. However, I paid for my parents' hotel room. I paid $174 to get them into the city. I paid $71 to get them back to the city. And I bought all of their tickets. It was, yes, it was incredibly expensive. However, the show, as usual, this is my lucky spot, went really, really well. And it wasn't weird having your mom and dad and your in-laws in the audience? It was a little weird because I opened the show by saying, like, thanks, everybody, for being here. I do want to thank one very special lady who's here. And, yes, I have been inside her. Hi, mommy. Oh, and God. And yeah, the, hey, it's not gross, James. It's the miracle of life. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. It's gross. The miracle. It's the miracle of childbirth. And so after the show, one of my uh, one of the fans talked to my dad and said, like, hey, was that at all weird? And my dad's like, yeah, I was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and um, he said, well, like what? He goes, he was inside his mother. Um, so that happened or whatever. But um Good night all overall, but I got to talk to you, James. Speaking of parents, I just birthday party for a one-year-old the next day. Okay. Well, First I mean, of all, come on. Look, I was, I was, I was on, look, I love this child in irrational amount, right? Like I would, I'm like crazy gaga for this kid. I think it's a little ridiculous to have a birthday party for a one-year-old. Agreed. Es especially because I thought I was going to a party at the house, like for like a couple of friends, like the grandparents, and you know that we were going to sit the kid it's a, around. It's and a sing. family gathering rather than a kid's right. birthday party. Turns out it was not that. Oh, so I'm on the train from New York out to New Jersey, and uh, they text me. They're like, "Oh, it's at this place called Strawberry Field," which I'm like, "Oh, it must be a picnic, a family get." No, Strawberry Field was a frozen yogurt shop that they rented out for the afternoon. What the actual? <laughs> they rented out for the afternoon so we had like unlimited frozen yogurt uh for for like the, the afternoon and I, what i didn't realize is that everything apparently in these kids lives has to be documented like every single second of it and so we're all standing around eating frozen yogurt and my brother's standing next to me with the baby who's looking at the frozen yogurt so I, and i'm like well we're in a frozen yogurt shop obviously feeding the baby some frozen yogurt wouldn't be off limits so i gave her some and the kid's mom was like, what are you doing? And I was like, ah, what, what's the matter? And she was like, we're all supposed to like watch her take her first taste of frozen yogurt ever together, like as a group while we like film it and get her reaction. This has got to be an American thing. I'm sorry. I have never encountered this kind of behavior from parents before. And I've been around a lot of parents. And she, she, I, I apologize. And it didn't turn into like a huge big thing. But for a minute, like I had ruined this kid's childhood by feeding her some frozen yogurt there is no camera. doubt in my mind joe that sooner or later you will ruin this child's childhood <laughs> but it won't be through feeding it frozen yogurt 
<laughs> so I just feel like a total asshole for the rest of the day. So, and then this insane thing happened. So uh, after everything's over, my brother just needs some time to himself. So he and I go for a walk through this little town in New Jersey, which is actually really cute. As we're walking, we walk past this dude in like a black hoodie who's vaping. And he looks at me and stops dead in his tracks. Please tell me like, it was an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. It was not an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. But that was the only thing that could seal the deal. And he just kind of stops dead in his tracks and has like a minor freak out. And then smiles and then walks past us. Now, my brother is the last person in the world to ever acknowledge any amount of fame for me. He can't – he like won't even – he didn't even come to my stand-up show. <laughs> but he was like – he was like that guy – definitely recognized you and i was like yeah I, i'm pretty sure he did but i never know what to do just in case they didn't like it's, it would be kind of weird so i just gave him like the nod i just gave him like the you know the nod and so he and i continue to walk on at which at which point about three minutes later the guy drives by us and like stares me down as he drives by and then he does it again oh my god and then i see him do a u-turn and i'm like shit man if this guy had just come up and said something like i'd been totally fine with this but now i'm like getting a little weirded out so me and my brother like walk like hightail it the other direction we're like running from this guy now <laughs> we circle back around to sit on a park bench and he's parked like 10 cars away just sitting in his car <laughs> and i had had really delicious pizza from a place down the block and i really wanted another slice but i didn't want to walk by the guy's car so i made my brother <laughs> go get pizza for me so now not only am i like the the quote-unquote celebrity a-hole being stalked running from fans but now i'm sending people out for food for me <laughs> because i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to get stabbed so i went and hit at the train station luckily he uh i, I don't know if he gave up or just decided maybe realized i was running from him dude if you're listening to this podcast next time just come up and say what's up <laughs> he probably just wanted an autograph or wanted some poker star swag or something i know but he didn't have to like circle the block four times <laughs> he was probably just trying to pluck up the courage to actually introduce himself to the legend that is joe stapleton right but now i have to pluck up the courage to leave my house again so <laughs> uh shall we move on to this week's poker news let's do it What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Year's News. And we start, of course, with WCOOP, the World Championship of Online Poker. Joe, I was looking at the leaderboard for WCOOP, um, and I appreciate that we're talking about this on a Wednesday, and by the time people hear this on a Thursday, Friday, or at the weekend, this information will be out of date. But I still think this guy will be in the top 10, if not necessarily the top 5, Go Leafs Go A, Mike Lear, is currently second on the WCOOP leaderboard. Wow. And this is a name that just keeps coming up. Remember when we're in the Bahamas and we talk about the fact that Mike's got more caches at the PCA than any other player in the more than 10 years of that event? And we've seen him at so many final tables over the year. I think when we were in Florida a few years back, he was uh, heads up against Dan Coleman. 
Yeah, and he went heads up again in Florida this year when I was there uh, covering the similar event. Uh, he made it to heads up in the high roller. He's one of those players who I don't necessarily think is a household name. He's known to a lot of people who are hardcore poker fans and who follow updates on Poker News and on the PokerStars blog, but he's not necessarily a face you're going to recognize, and yet he's so consistent in his results. Yeah, he should be, and I think he will be. I think he'll be one of those guys like David Peters that maybe, you know, just sort of flew under the radar for a while and everyone recognizes as being just one of the, you know, one of the best in the game. Uh, his consistency is impressive. I think maybe part of the reason why uh, he's not as recognizable, he doesn't fit the mold of any of the archetypal, like, beasts of poker. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look like a hardcore gambler. He doesn't look like an internet nerd. He's just kind of a dude. You know, he wears hockey jerseys and stuff. I think as far as poker players are concerned, he's a little unassuming, but his results are certainly not. So, yeah, he's currently second on the WCOOP leaderboard behind PS Mozak from Bulgaria. At the time of recording, 32 events have completed with 49 left to play, which surprised me because I kind of thought we were past the halfway mark, but we're not. Most of WCOOP's still to come. And as we mentioned on last week's show, I do think the PokerStarsBlog.com is the best place to go for WCOOP coverage. I was reading this morning a great article by Brad Willis, who did an interview with a player called Bruno Volkman, who plays online as Great Dant. And Bruno took down a W Coop a few days ago. He bested a field of 862 players in the $1,050 No Limit Hold'em 4 Max, uh, winning $177,000. But I love the fact the guys in the blog are trying to meet these players and get the stories behind these champions. So there's some great stuff for you to read. Yeah, I was hoping that uh, we could maybe try to get some of the winners on for next week if we didn't have any anyone in the live scene to talk about. I think Jerry Wong won another uh, W Coop this year. Uh, he's a guy that's you know we've done plenty of coverage and stuff on him. Guys like him that we'll we'll have to scour who the winners are over the next couple of weeks. James, um, I know that I'm going to be in the country for some of W Coop, but I'm checking out the schedule right now. Yeah, while um, you're looking I, ahead to that weekend, Joe, let me just give people a heads up yeah. on this coming weekend, because I appreciate that most people are going to listen to this podcast on the Thursday or sure. the Friday. So if you're looking for a game to play this coming Sunday, which is the 17th of September, once again, we have a situation where it's a special edition of the Sunday Million, and this week it's even more expensive. I wow. think normally the Sunday Million is 215 bucks. This week, $2,100 <laughs> to play with a $2 million guarantee. Um, but there's always a but there are a couple of $215 events to highlight uh, starting at 8am eastern time there is a $215 Sunday kickoff which is an 8 max no limit hold'em event and at 11am eastern time there is a WCOOP event number 49 which is the no limit hold'em progressive KO and of course there are always satellites into those events Joe, I think you land on the 23rd. I know we're playing some live poker on Sunday the 24th. Have you spotted anything that you'll be able to play? It looks like it's 6 a.m., so I guess that's 11 a.m. Uh, UK time. Yes. There's a $215 No Limit Hold'em. I might be able to take a crack at that. I, I think I land a couple hours into that, but <laughs> what's what's an average stack? <laughs> also, what is playing on no sleep at all? Um, moving away from WCOOP, because there is live poker going on in the world as well. And again, we mentioned this last week when we were talking about having Andre Akari on the show. The BSOP was in and i apologize i have no idea how to say this 
Fosdo Iguachu. Um, in fact, why am I even? You know, I've learned about Port- the Portuguese-speaking people, James. No, no pronunciation is good enough for them. Okay, they'll be well, like, it's Joao, and I'll go Joao, and they'll go, it's Joao, and I'll go Joao, and they'll go, no, it's Joao. So whatever you're saying, it's going to be wrong no matter what. Okay, well, let's just go straight to the horse's mouth then. Let's get it from the man who is at that BSOP event. He is this week's guest on Poker in the Ears. Please welcome to the podcast for the first time, Andre Akari. Hey, hello, hello. How are you guys? Andre, I'm so glad you're here because I just butchered the name of the place where the BSOP was held last week. Can you please say it for us correctly? It's Fos do Iguaçu. Foz do Iguaçu. Yeah, Foz do Iguaçu. Foz do Iguaçu, no. Iguaçu. <laughs> you have to put more power on that. I told game. you. I fucking told you. <laughs> it's never good enough for the Portuguese speakers. Oh, man. Uh, Andre, I have to be honest, and I'm really ashamed to admit this. I Because we've never been to this part of the world, we've never covered the BSOP, I didn't realize just how many events there were in the calendar. Obviously, the big event, uh, the, the the millions event that happens just before the end of the year, I'm, that's on my radar. But all the other events, I'm not. This is a big deal. It's a big deal, man. That, that's the problem about the foreign people, you know? Like, they don't know what's happening <laughs> in Brazil, man. In Brazil, in Brazil, the thing is huge. The poker is huge right here. Well, know? that's what we're talking to you. Tell us about the everything. Brazil poker scene. Tell us how huge it is. Oh, man. I Like, uh, since 2010, uh, after we, we got the approval, from the minister of sports, you know, like uh, saying that poker is a mind sport. Everything gets crazy here, you know, like uh, poker is a fever. So there is a lot of players, huge tournaments all around the country. So that is the BSLP, the World Series of Poker, WPT, everything is here now. So it's getting bigger and bigger. So it's really good to be here right now. So, Andre, because of that ruling, does that mean that you don't have to have the tournaments in a casino? Because, look, I'm not going to lie. Every time I meet a Brazilian girl... (laughs) I drop your name, I drop poker, I drop everything I could possibly do, and they try. I don't, but the thing is, so, I don't really know, I don't know that much about it, and so they're like, oh, well, there's only a couple of casinos in Brazil. Does that, does that, that mind sport thing mean that it can happen other places? Yeah, it happens, but before that, how many girls did you get using my name, man? Um, uh, none, but I don't think that's your fault, necessarily. <laughs> because we have, <laughs> we have to share the love, you know, come on. Uh, look, I need uh, I, I need some help. Maybe we can have an off-air conversation of like <laughs> just a couple of key phrases I could use. <laughs> no, but like I uh, just answer your question. Like uh, after 2010, uh, we don't have to to do. Actually, we don't have casinos in Brazil. It's not allowed, you know. Uh, right, right. Is not allowed in Brazil. So every time that you're gonna do some kind of big event here, we're doing a hotel or like uh, in a conference room, a big one here in São Paulo, and or. or Rio de Janeiro or place like this but uh, since 2010 we have huge events you know huge events and now they are discussing about the the casinos and bingos and all the all the the, the gambling uh, stuff you know so probably it's gonna get approved next year and then it's gonna have another big wave here gonna surf another big wave you know because since the casinos are coming they're gonna let us do bigger events and I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be good, you know. So tell us about last week's event. I mean, how big was it compared to, say, for example, Barcelona, where you were before that? Was 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 huge. Like uh, when Poker Stars organized that, they put four million dollars, four million reais guaranteed, you know. And everybody everybody's telling them that they are crazy to do that. I was like, uh, I'm always confident, you know, but I, I was afraid about this one. I said, man, four million in Foz de Iguaçu. Foz de Iguaçu is a 
It's a small city in Brazil. It's like a, it's a for just for tourists. They they don't have a lot of population there. But everything was was amazing. They they reached the guarantee, the price. Uh, we have a lot of people. The hotel is the best in the in the poker circuit in, in Brazil. You know the the hotel. The name is Swing, and it's it's wish, and it's really good. It's really great. So everything was was amazing. All the Brazilian poker players are there. So how how does that money translate into a uh, a currency we might know? Currency <laughs> I know is like uh, one point five million dollars. Wow! So it's one point five million guarantee. And how many runners was that? Oh, I think it was. Oh, I don't remember, but like uh, more than a thousand for sure. It was big, yeah. But we have like I don't know 30, 35 or thirty events, and all the event was was getting huge lines to register. So was was huge. Everything was great. I mean, a thousand. That's a lot for any tournament. That's I mean, that's we are yeah. talking. You know, yeah, there's you only have a to couple. See, of- you have to see the BSOP millions that's coming in December. You know, in December, in the last December, in December is going to be seven million dollars guaranteed. Seven million REI, sorry, guarantee. And uh, in the last, in the, the last BSOP millions last year, we have more than twenty thousand people playing in all the events. You know, all the events together. So it was was big deal. So I'm checking out Faz do Asu on yeah. uh, on a map here, and it's actually way far, James, from anywhere you would normally hear about, like to being touristy or like a densely populated area. Um, it's completely on the other side of the country from Sao Paulo and Rio. Yeah, it's true. But, so that I mean, I can only imagine if you were having it in one of those major cities. But also, so I see it's close to like Paraguay, and uh, well, I guess it's right on the border of Paraguay. And I guess a little bit of Uruguay, maybe whatever, or Argentina. Do you get a lot of players from other parts of Latin America coming into Brazil to play these events? Yeah, I believe that like a thirty percent or forty percent of the field was was foreign people, you know, as was people from Argentina, from Uruguay, from Paraguay. Argentina is like uh, 10 minutes from the hotel, so it's really close. And they came, and then was 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 great. I mean, any time that you can get more than 1,000 players in a poker tournament is a good day. Um, Andre, Joe hinted at the fact that he drops your name to try and impress people from your country. Are you actually <laughs> properly famous in Brazil? Are you a genuine celebrity? <laughs> oh, man, it's tough to... to talk about myself you know I'm, I'm i'm doing my job here i'm doing good i actually after that is something that is some lucky about it about that you know because after poker star signed with all the big names like ronaldo and neymar and everything's got bigger here in brazil and they select me to teach them you know talking to them about poker and they start to promote poker in all the social medias and then my name was getting bigger about that. You know, I'm doing a great job, but I got some luck as well. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers, for example, that we saw watching the Barcelona live stream, which were huge, by the way. And there was a massive boost in the last few days from Brazil. And I think no shit. clearly <laughs> there is a connection between you making the final table of that event and interest in the country of Brazil. But I don't think that's because any old Brazilian player made the final table. It's Andrea Kari. And clearly you do have a significant following in your home country. Thank you very much, man. Thank you very much. If, if, you, if, you, if the deck was better for me, you know, like if that didn't hate that ace on the river, the audience would be bigger, you know? Yeah. So, but it was, was tough for me. But it was great. The repercussion here in Brazil was amazing, amazing. It was bigger than when I won the bracelet as well. 
like uh, actually was was bigger. Like uh, when I got here in Brazil, like five days after the final table, I didn't believe what happened. You know, I got so many so many messages and calls and people from TV asked me to be in shows. Was it's been incredible. You know? But you were getting those messages during the final table because Joe, you you were, you saw some of the people who were texting Andre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Neymar was texting Andre. What's Tom Brady's wife's name? Giselle. She was texting Andre. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but Neymar really was texting you, right? Yeah, yeah. Neymar was. He sent me a video. It was incredible. He sent him a video. Uh, they were like uh, being ready for the game. You know, they they were like uh, 15 minutes from the Paris Saint Germain game, and he sent me a private video with all the people getting ready, and they are they were praying before the game. And they are sending me messages like, "Go, Akari, come on, take it down." And what was incredible because I don't know all the players from Paris Saint Germain. You know, I just know Neymar and the Brazilian ones. But they have a lot of Brazilians. But all That's the so players, sick. yeah, all the players, even the non-Brazilians, they are sending me messages and uh, like um, messages, motivating messages. It was it was incredible, yeah. James, can you imagine like if like the 49ers are about to take the field on a Sunday and then they send you a message of like good luck with your podcast today James like that is just so ridiculous. It's never going to happen. But yeah, let's talk about these offers that you've received since coming back from Barcelona Andre. Are we going to be seeing you on the big screen in the Andre Akari story? Yeah, the big one that the biggest one that I that I got was yesterday I was invited to be in the Pedro Bial show. It's like uh, the Brazilian David Letterman, you know, like uh, he's huge here in Brazil. They, he's running a, a talk show and they invite me yesterday just because the, the, the Barcelona final table. And uh, it's going to be probably in the next 15 days I'm going to be making the show with them. And then I let you guys know to watch that, but it's going to be big here. Yeah. Pedro Bial is a Brazilian producer, director, writer, journalist, and celebrity TV presenter, best known for hosting the variety show Fantastico. Yeah, exactly. And he 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 hosts the Big Brother as well. Yeah, the Big Brother was a big stuff. Big stuff. Yeah. He's also six foot four. Hashtag real facts. <laughs> you say that, but you're getting the information from Wikipedia, and as you and I both know, Joe, there's stuff on there that's not accurate. That is true, baby. <laughs> um, Andre, let's talk about your deep run in Barcelona, because that's where we saw you last. I think you came onto the feature table for day three, which was Bubble Day, and you were there the whole day. It was an interesting lineup. You, Patrick Leonard, some other players who came and went as the day went on. And yeah. obviously, it was great to watch you make the money, but I think you ended day three relatively short, and then you just made an amazing amazing comeback during the start of day four yeah it was was incredible right like uh for me all the whole the, the whole tournament was was very good because in the last six months i i have been studying a lot you know i was it's very tough for us like i'm 42 years old and it's really tough to play with these internet guys you know they are studying a lot i have a team here in brazil with 50 players and they study every day they discuss all the 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 GTOs and the mats and it's it's really tough for me because I have so many things to do in media and to promote poker in Brazil and I was seven months ago eight months ago I was feeling that I was getting behind you know I said man I have to study again I have to be in the game again and then I, I start the process I I hire someone and we like keep traveling around the world and having coachings and trying to improve my game and 
this time was was a, a a good opportunity for me to check what I I was doing and to people check what I was I was doing if I was playing good if I was playing in the right way and uh, for me it was was great I I played the whole tournament uh, and I, I have a lot of chips I was the chip leader and then I was the 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 shortest stack in the of the tournament in day three and so I played in the all situations and I I felt good you know I felt good to take the right decisions to take all the opportunities that I had and play good. So the best, the most important thing for me is play good. You know, I have to take good decisions and I, and I did. And then the, the, the deck rewarded me in the, in the end of the day three. And then I got a, a big stack after being short stack for so long time. So it was good. Yeah, Andre, it really was quite uh, quite the ride because, you know, I think it, James mentioned as like a kind of a, a comeback. I think you were the guy everyone was waiting for to go out at a certain point in the tournament. And yeah. then you had double up, double up and managed to, uh, you know, I know it was disappointing where you eventually ended up going out. But, you know, there was a time where you could have been out in like ninth or tenth place, right? Exactly. And I won, I won two flips as well. I won against Pads and against another guy. I have like a ace queen against pocket tens and then ace king against wings and I hit the river in both, you know. So it happens and I, I didn't get sad about it. It's part of the game. But uh, the sad, the saddest part was we built a, a plan, you know, for the final table. Uh, me and João Simão. João Simão is another great player from Brazil. We are in the same room and then then we we plan everything. We plan how to play with all the five guys in the final table. We've in all the positions, we've all these the different stacks, how could be, and we plan everything. So and I did it perfectly, you know. So then, when I had the opportunity, the queens against the queen, and then I, I got the ace on the river, but uh, was not sad, you know, because uh, the, the best part was pretty good. I'm interested to know when you were doing your research, when you were doing your simulations before that final table, did you factor in that it was going to be five-handed for an eternity and the average stack was going to go down to like 20 big blinds? It was such a weird yeah. dynamic. Exactly, because when we play five when we play five-handed was for so long time, you know, so it was impossible to plan that like a we had a everything had a, a healthy stack. We are playing good. We have, we we had stack to make everything that we want to do it but then we play like for one hour and then after two hours three hours and then the average is gonna was pushing down and then uh, when things like this happen is mm, we have to get luck you know and yeah i didn't get it well andre your attitude is always something that we admire uh you're Thank often you, called yeah, you're often called, you know, the nicest guy in poker, uh, you know, one of, <laughs> if not the nicest guy in poker. So I was hoping before we cut you loose, will you play one of my dumb games with me, Andre? Okay, good. All right. Since you're such a nice guy, I made seriously <laughs> the easiest game I've ever made for one of our guests, uh, partially okay. because I want to see you succeed, Andre, because I'm a big fan. Uh, secondly, Thank because every much. question you get right I'm going to get uh, donate $10 toward uh, Hurricane Relief. Since you're the nicest guy in poker, the answer to every question is nice. Okay? Okay. Nice. That's it. <laughs> okay. Now, that, I, I that's can it. There's, there's, no, there's no complication. There's no twist. There's no... <laughs> so, okay. James, if this one goes wrong, I, I've done all I can do. Yeah, I would, okay, I, I would, I would definitely okay. concede that. All right, here we I'm go. Focused, Question man, I'm focused. Do it. Okay, here you go, Andre. According to an old cliche, which type of guy finishes last? 
Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. He is on the board. Okay. Question number two. The Sasha Barrett Cohen character of Borat will often will often say it's mm, nice. Oh, nice. It's nice. He was close on that one. Question number three. When people like Joe Stapleton are trying to be hilarious, they will often pretend to think the French city of Nice is actually called this. Nice. Nice. <laughs> three for three. That's $30 going to turn, uh, hurricane relief. Question number four. If you took the USA's Immigration and Customs Enforcement Bureau, often abbreviated as ICE, and added an N to it, it would spell... Nice. <laughs> nice. We are four for four. Amazing. Question number, question number five. Shane Black's last movie called The Nice Guys is about what kind of guys? Nice. <laughs> nice is correct. Five for five. James, we finally figured out a way on how to make a team pro nail it in one of my stupid games. That's $50. And since you went five for five, I'm going to double it. I'm going to make it $100 out of my own pocket. We put a hundred more. So it's going to be. Cheap. There we go. So it's. $200. Thanks a lot, Andre. Thanks for being such a nice guy. <laughs> We're always rooting for you, buddy. Okay. Thank you very much, you guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Man. Poker in the ears. So our thanks again to Andre Akari. We won't leave it so long before having him on again. Um, just want to highlight, Joe, before we bring on this week's superfan, that satellites are still running on PokerStars for the next festival which is taking place in Dublin the last week of September. There is slight overlap with our live show at the Hippodrome, but what we know certain people are doing, we talked about Chris Moneymaker earlier on, and I think Jake Cody's going to do the same. They're coming to the Hippodrome, and then they're flying to Dublin the next day, and they'll still be able to play the main event, which is a €1,000 freeze-out. We apologize in advance if we really destroy the Dublin numbers for the first couple of days, if there's only, you know, six, seven people entering the <laughs> tournament. It's because of the live show at the Hippodrome, and we apologize. So that is the direction I'd point you in right now, the Dublin Festival, if you're looking for some live poker to play or try and qualify for in the next couple of weeks. But don't forget, we've only got a couple of weeks to go until the Road to Bahamas suit starts. Uh, this is going to give you so many opportunities to qualify for PCA 2018. And also, Prague satellites are going to be starting soon as well. Your chance to be at the PokerStars Championship event just before Christmas. And obviously, every week on this show, as long as we have someone who lives in an appropriate part of the world, we give someone the chance to qualify for a live event in Superfan vs. Stapes. Superfan versus Stakes. Well, this week we welcome to Poker in the Ears from Birmingham in the United Kingdom, Xander Morgan, aka Xander Biscuits. Hello, Xander. Hi, Hi James. Hi, Joe. Xander, how how'd you get the nickname Biscuits? It's not really a nickname. Um, when I first signed up my first email address, I tried Xander, um, my last name, or something related to me and nothing worked everything was taken so i just picked an unrelated word and everything i sign up for it's always available <laughs> that's a good way to do it when i hear the name xander morgan all i can think of it's like like a character from like walking dead combined with i don't know some sort of future it's like those are two very hot names right now in tv shows don't you think james you do sound like a character who should be investigating murders on a beach somewhere exotic. Yeah, there you go, with zombies. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
There was a Xander and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then also there's that black dude Morgan from uh, from The Walking Dead who kills everyone with a stick or doesn't kill. There. Okay, no more spoilers. Xander, who's your daddy and what does he do? Uh, my father is retired and he doesn't do much <laughs> nowadays, but uh, I'm a teacher. What do you teach? Uh, maths. What kind of teacher are you? Are you a stiff teacher? Are you the teacher that is like secretly kind of funny, like a- answering the who is your daddy question without a hint of uh, of, of jovi- joviality? Um, I, t- I, I am I'm probably too sarcastic to be a teacher because um, not all kids can get a joke. But um, I, I try to be fun and interesting, but I probably should be stricter. It's pretty hard to be sarcastic in math, isn't it? Like, math doesn't have a sarcasm feature. No, but it's just this, the general questions, like, when they think, I've, you know, should I finish this page? Should I turn over to the next page? And just ask a silly question and give them a silly answer. Well, you got to entertain yourself, because, uh, you know, that's how I do things here. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there are a lot of connections between mathematics and and poker do you find yourself applying your algebraic skills at the poker tables um no i i'd like to think that i do but i think i play too impulsively and um not very well so i think i just i've got a flush that's a good hand and i don't consider anything else you're a man of joe stapleson's heart you're loving this aren't you i am absolutely Mm -hmm. loving it that is that is what feeds the poker economy (laughs) yeah well, Xander, we're going to give you the chance to win a tournament ticket and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie in today's quiz, themed around your specialist subject, which is The Simpsons. Yep, great. And Xander, you... may, I ask, may I ask how old you are? I am 33. You're 33. Okay, so I'm guessing that was your Simpsons career, anything like mine, like every single episode for from like 1996 to 2000 and then since then not so not so good um i've, I've seen all the episodes because the, the wow the, the you know the the heyday was back when you just said but you know i have seen all the other ones at least once oh my that's how many episodes is that's like 500 episodes isn't it it's more than 600 now Bloody holy hell. shit of that 600 I appreciate that you're slightly biased here because you're a fan, but how many of that 600 are, are good? Um, I think I think it's all relative because if you if you compare it to some other show, then you know even some of the worst episodes can be you know better than that show. But um, I'd say once you get beyond season 12 or something, it starts to decline pretty rapidly. Yeah, that's about, okay. So he stuck with it. I just was like, okay, I'm in college now. There's other stuff I could be doing. I don't have to be sitting home watching. Like, I agree with you that even the bad episodes of that show are better than most of the other ones. But when you're used to the, you know, the, the heyday p- peak, it was really tough pill for a lot of us to swallow. And we were like, hey, there's like girls and alcohol now. Bye. Yeah. Well, I have 10 questions based around the animated TV show the simpsons and they are multiple choice questions the rules are that if you can answer the question without needing those options you get two points if you need 
to have the multiple choice options presented to you, the score reduces to just one point. There are also bonus questions for some of the questions. They will be randomly distributed. Uh, Xander, because you are our guest, you are our super fan, and you are 10 years younger than Joe Stapleton, you get <laughs> to choose first. Please give me a number between 1 and 10. I think it's always coming 7. It is always coming 7. So remember, if you can get it without any options... You get two points. Which character, which you may recognise from various episodes, has a fish fetish? That's uh, Troy McClure. It is Troy McClure for two points. <laughs> Joe, where are you James, going? James, that question was from like the era when I watched every single episode and I had no idea. This is not going to go well for me. You're um, fucked. Yeah, totally fucked. <laughs> let's go with... You know what? Since I'm going to be uh, having a great big deuce on this one, let's, let's drop a deuce. Okay. What is the local radio station of Springfield? <laughs> Remember, there are multiple choice options, Joe, if you want oh, to play right. for one yeah, point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Give me the okay. Is choice. it KSSM, Springfield FM, KBBM, or KRTM? I think it's Springfield FM. It isn't. It's KBBM. But thanks for playing. Damn it. Uh, your next question, Xander. Two and seven have gone. You can have any other question between one and ten. Uh, one, please. Question number one. What is the name of Mr. Burns' teddy bear? Uh, Bobo. It is Bobo. For two points, you have a 4-0 lead. Joe, pick a question. All right, I'm down by four. I'll pick question four. What is the name of Bart's pet elephant? Troy says... Is it Stampy, Trunky, Destructoid 3000, or Ellie? Stampy. It is Stampy. You're on the board, Joe. Well done. You've scored a point. <laughs> Don't you feel special? Uh, Xander, uh, three, five, six, eight, nine, or ten? Three, please. Question three. What is the name of the Springfield Minor League Baseball team? Uh, so, the Minor League, so that's not the junior one, is it? So, it's uh, Isotopes? It is the Springfield Isotopes for two points. And there's a bonus question, just so you can really make this a true shellacking. Uh, to which city were the Isotopes planning to move to? Albuquerque. They were indeed for an extra point. <laughs> I would have got the Isotopes. I would not have gotten to Albuquerque. Joe, where are you going? Number nine, please. Number nine. Who did Danny DeVito play in several Simpsons episodes? Danny DeVito played Homer's brother. I'm going to give you that. It was his half-brother, but there's no chance of you winning this, so you can have two points. There is a bonus <laughs> question. Which, okay. Which of these celebrities has not made a guest appearance on The Simpsons? Britney Spears, Leonard Nimoy, Paul McCartney, or Bruce Springsteen? Britney Spears. No, it's Springsteen. Ah... Uh... Xander, your penultimate question. Five, six, eight, or ten? Uh, six, please. Question number six. Which sector of the power plant does Homer work in? <laughs> 7G. He does for another two points. Xander, you have nine. Joe, you have three. And it's your question, Joe. Five, eight, or ten? Ten, please. Question number ten. Which band shows up for a few minutes at the start of the Simpsons movie? Ooh, he threw a curveball in there. We went cinematic. 
Uh, I'll need the choices, please. Was it Foo Fighters, Metallica, Green Day, or U2? U2? No, it was Green Day. Xander, two questions still on the board. Five or eight? Five, please. How did Maud Flanders die? Uh, she got hit by a t-shirt from a t-shirt cannon. She did indeed for two I've points. I've all his questions. is so frustrating. What season was that episode in? This is your bonus question, Xander. Um, let me think. So would that be... Is that 12? No, it was season 11. Joe, your um, final question. Please salvage some dignity. Who did... Barney replaced from the original lineup of the B Sharps. Uh, go on. Was it Apu, Mr. Skinner, Chief Wiggum, or Homer? Chief Wiggum. He goes out on a low. Uh, it's high, actually, because you scored <laughs> a point. But uh, you can't, unfortunately, rewrite history. And the reality is that, Xander, <laughs> you scored 11 points. Joe, you only scored four points. Which means, Xander, you are a winner. Congratulations. You crushed the game. You are going to get the hoodie. And you're going to get a $27 tournament ticket. Yay! Yay. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks, Sander. Thank you. All right, kids, that is about all the time we've got for this week's show. Coming up next time, it's episode 99. Does it come with a flake? I know a flake is an ice cream cone. What is the reference? A 99 is an ice cream with a Cadbury's flake in it. Other confectionery is available. Got it. And does it cost 99p? Is that the deal? I imagine that's what it used to cost, and that's where its name came from. But these days, if you get changed from a fiver, you're lucky. (laughs) We're going to need all the ice cream and sugar and snacks we need for brainstorming because we got to prepare our live show. Why did we agree to that? Uh, You know, it sounded like a really good idea. Like the idea of having a live show prepared and doing one sounds great, but it's all the stuff that goes into it. It's like having a party, right? For a one year old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. The party for a one-year-old, and it comes with a Cadbury Flake. Uh, next week, we haven't got a guest figured out yet. Well, Send you mentioned some suggestions. Yeah, you mentioned that it might be good to have a WCOOP winner or someone from the uh, the online environment. But I'm open to people actually sending in who they think we should have on the show. Maybe not next week, but maybe in future weeks. So. If you have uh, a nomination for who you'd like to hear us interview on Poker in the Ears, if you would like to be a super fan, or if you have anything else to say about the podcast, hashtag Poker in the Ears. Yeah, we could really use you guys' input because, like, let's face it, we got the live show coming up in a few weeks, which is going to be a big deal. There's going to be lots to talk about. James and I will both be in England to do it. Uh, But then after that, we don't have another actual event uh, that we'll be covering as a team uh, until Prague. So... Lots of room in the schedule to get in, folks, that you want to hear about, talk about things that you guys might want to talk about. us. Holler at us, hashtag poker in the ears. But for now, until next time, in episode number 99 for James Hardigan, this is Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.